0: All right, a fun episode of Side Retire, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. This is Dylan, of course, but I'll be handing the mic over to Harry Kilman, who will be breaking down the top five Chicago Cubs prospects, as well as giving you a couple honorable mentions. Of course, we already have episodes for the St. Louis Cardinals and Cincinnati Reds below this episode. But of course, let us know if you're enjoying this series and what team you want to see us do next. So I'll hit the intro music and then I'll pass it over to Harry. So until the next time you guys hear me, guys, see ya. Hey guys, it's Harry, not Dylan as you might be initially used to. And today, as he said earlier, that I'm going to be talking about my top five prospects in the Chicago Cubs organization, furthering this little mini series that I have going along in these mini episodes. But without further ado, because I'm sure none of us like intros here, I'm just going to jump straight into it. The number one prospect I have in the Chicago Cubs organization is a player that Dylan, along with many other Mets fans, are probably used to. Pete Crow Armstrong, a 20 year old outfielder who initially came to Chicago after being the centerpiece, of the Javier Baez trade from the Mets. Pete Crow Armstrong has had a really decent start to his career and that's putting it lightly. He's dominated at every single level he's played at so far with a 180 WRC plus low A ball with over 200 plate appearances. And then a 235 plate appearances in high A, he has a 130 WRC plus. Those are really, really solid numbers. And yes, those, those are in the lower levels of the minors, but he still he has consistently high line drive rates, which mean that he'll project as more of a high Babbitt player. He will have a really, really good time getting balls in play, and those balls in play will be very effective. The hit tool is very legitimate, and he has some power in the tank to go with it. Uh, there are some areas of concern that I have, and maybe it's plate discipline. He swings maybe too much, doesn't walk as much as you'd like, but he mitigates that a plus glove in, it. in the outfield. I would say he's around a top 40 to 50 prospect in all of baseball. Really, really good stuff for PCA. My number two prospect for the Chicago Cubs is another guy who a lot of fans may be familiar with, but maybe for slightly less positive reasons at PCA. It's Brennan Davis. Now at this time last year, Brennan Davis was one of those guys who was on the cusp of a breakout. We thought that by this time, this year, he would be a potential top five prospect. However, that hasn't exactly happened. And he's had his struggles this year. He's had a mere 58 WRC plus in AAA. And that is with positive Babbitt block. That means he's been getting lucky how and he's still had a miserable statistics. He has a mere 6.1 line drive percentage in that time and just has not been getting good quality of contact. However, There is some bright spots in that he has been consistently great in the years prior. 172 WRC plus in high A, a 135 WRC plus in double A, and last year he had a 150 in triple A, as well as consistent ISOs that rank above 200. That means that it's more than likely that his current year is a bit of an outlier in the grand scheme of his production. However, it still really isn't something that you like to see from such a highly touted prospect. Going into more of the athletic side of things, he definitely has plus tools in that category. He was previously known for generating solid contact, but his strikeouts and whiff numbers have become much more prominent of an issue than in years past. He does also contain some nice stolen base potential. So if all else fails, he does have some nice speed to rely upon. At number three, I have Kel- Kevin Alcantara, an outfielder. Also, like PCA, came from New York. He was the centerpiece of the Anthony Rizzo trade. And he, I would say that Alcantara is the highest upside hitter in the organization. His swing can be a little long at times, which result in suboptimal strikeout rates, but his walk numbers are very encouraging, and his production has been great for someone who's nearly 19 years old. He had a 120 WRC plus in over 450 plate appearances, low A ball, and had a gigantic 160 WRC plus in the Arizona Complex League. He has generated high ex Wobicons in the minors. If you're not familiar with that stat, it's essentially expected weighted on base average simply on balls that have been made contact with, meaning that when he does make contact, Very, very good things come from that. He's hit multiple exit velocities over 110 miles an hour and has topped out at 113. You know, he is very far from the bigs and very similar to another player on this list that I will name, but he has a great offensive ceiling in the power department. He is much more advanced than his peers at this time. And he does contain the defensive potential to maybe stick at center field in the long term. That's really good stuff. And he is maybe the Brennan Davis of this year, where he's a guy who next season, I will not be at all surprised if he makes a gigantic developmental leap and emerges his name into maybe the top 15, top 20 consideration for being one of those best prospects in all of baseball. Number four, I have the most recent member of the Chicago Cubs organization, Cade Horton. Now, as a two-way star in college, he's actually started last season as the third baseman for the Oklahoma Sooners. However, he ended strong on the mound in particular. He had a rough regular season, but it had an absolutely dominating playoff performance, and thus he was drafted seventh overall in the 2022 MLB entry draft. He His primary pitch is a high-velocity fastball, averaging around 94 to 96 miles an hour, And that's just as a bit of an amateur, and he still has some room to growth in that category. His velocity feasts off of some more gyro spin, which means that it appears lower to hitters. Now, if he really wants to maximize this IVB, this induced vertical break, he could explore throwing a sinker, but... He also complements this pitch with a high 80s, low 90s, incredibly fast slider that he tunnels well with that fastball and also has a meaningful late snap in both the horizontal and vertical directions. This means that he's going to dominate hitters particularly low in the zone. Whereas for a lot of you know high spin fastballs, something like Trevor Bauer, where they dominate high in the zone because they rise, or they have this rising effect where hitters swing under it, Horton's fastball is kind of the opposite where hitters tend to think that the ball is higher than it actually is. Meaning that when he throws it lower in the zone and is able to kind of play and mess around with the strike zone and, and hitting the edge and really utilizing that slider to generate extra whiffs. It's a really, really nice two pitch combo. Granted, he still has to kind of continue developing his feel for the pitch and his command and his change up still has some work to be desired But that four-seam fastball slider mix makes Horton a dominant force, particularly in the low zone. At number five, I have yet another project, but someone with really, really high upside, and that's shortstop Christian Hernandez. Now, the youngest prospect on this list, Hernandez is just 18 years old playing in the Arizona Complex League. He shredded last year's Dominican Summer League with a 132 WRC+. But maybe results-wise, he's had a bit of a down year this season, one step higher. However, his batted ball data indicate that he's maybe been better than the results suggest, and the tools are very, very loud as well. He has very decent raw power potential, although he can have a brutally low launch angle at times. He can swing in a bit of a chopping motion, which means that a lot of the times when he generates super high power, it's wasted just by going into the crowd. And we've seen this because he has a very high ground ball percentage, around over 50%, which while it's great for relievers such as Clay Holmes, is not what you want to see out of a hitter because that means lots of times really good contact is completely wasted. On the defensive side of things, he is super smooth, has really crisp, solid, refined motion for someone so young as he is. And he projects to stick at shortstop in the long term and at that be a plus defender. Obviously, Hernandez is a far away away from the big leagues, but he's definitely much more advanced and possesses louder tools than his similarly aged peers. And I think that in that young group of first and second year and, and recent signees, he definitely is. He definitely stands out among them while still maintaining the athlete, the elite athleticism to go with those skills and the upside that comes from that. Now, some honorable mentions that I thought to kind of throw in here guys like james triantos a second baseman jordan wicks another pitcher owen casey a guy who i was very very close with with him and hernandez at the five spot heck i've even seen guys like pedro ramirez thrown around who you won't really see getting much mainstream hype on the mlb pipeline but if you want to watch any of these star prospects and wrigley some of which could even make all-star games in the uh in the soon future you can use code side retired pod in all capitals for $20 off your first purchase and come with have a good time. I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, so I'm probably going to be rooting against them unless there's some sort of big trade, but they're very exciting players. As for Side Retired, we have some really cool episodes out and on the horizon. Make sure to go check out our Steven Nelson video, and there are some really nice projects that we have planned up ahead, some things that I will not yet reveal. Also, make sure to check out our and follow our Instagram, Twitters, and YouTube because we're sending out more exclusive and premium content on all those platforms. And with that said, the side is retired.